Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God the Father and from our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us read together God's word for us today again from Luke chapter 24. And as the women were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise, and they remembered his words. Alleluia! Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia! Today, Easter Sunday, is that glorious day that we proclaim to one another the, the glorious triumph, our Lord Jesus Christ's victory over sin and death, the day when he was raised from the dead. It truly is the most important day for us as Christians, not only in our lives today, but also in our lives for all eternity. I know the pandemic has perhaps thrown off our sense of time and the passing of time a little bit, but, but I want to ask you, do you remember it was three years ago in 2019 when Holy Week actually had quite a devastating start for many Christians around the world? The day after Palm Sunday, it was, the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris, France, caught fire. And the whole world watched in stunned disbelief as this 850-year-old monument, which had stood the test of time, it had stood the test of time through various kings and revolutions and even world wars, and it was burning out of control. But what made this so unbelievable to so many people is that this ancient cathedral had become such a constant, so seemingly untouchable, and yet here it was, as vulnerable to the things of this world as anything else. I wonder if, to some extent, this was the same feeling those women had as they prepared spices and ointments to adorn the body of their Lord Jesus Christ and brought them to the tomb at early dawn. Had they also assumed that their Lord, who had become such a constant in their lives, was seemingly untouchable? Especially after all the miracles and the signs of power that they had witnessed him perform. And yet, just three days earlier, they had watched him die on the cross. They witnessed his body being laid to rest. They were now preparing themselves to say their final goodbyes. What else could they feel except deep sadness and stunned disbelief as they realized that Jesus was just as vulnerable to the things of this world as anyone else? But perhaps what made the events of Good Friday even more difficult to bear was that God the Father had apparently allowed all of these things to happen to his son. In fact, the angel's words to the women at the tomb reiterated that this was all part of God's plan. They said, remember how Jesus told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. Now you see, the word for must there in Greek, it literally means it was necessary. In other words, it was necessary 
that Jesus was betrayed and arrested and crucified and killed. It had to happen this way. God's unsearchable plan for his beloved son was to allow all this to happen to him. And there on the cross, the stricken, smitten, and afflicted body of our Lord Jesus Christ hung as a testament to what mankind thought of his greatest, God's greatest gift to us. That we treated him so shamefully, killed and discarded him so quickly. The fact that this was even possible was so incredibly shocking to Jesus' disciples that no one seemed to remember the words that he shared while he was still with them back in Galilee. They couldn't fathom that everything that they had just witnessed over the past three days could possibly be part of God's necessary plans. And that's why Jesus' words hadn't even sunk in. They couldn't comprehend them. The women remembered these words only after the angels reminded them. And when the women went back, they ran back and told all the other apostles about it. The apostles thought it was just an idle tale. They couldn't believe them. How could any of this have been necessary? How could any of this have been part of God's plan? When we think about our lives in this world, we know that they are also marked at times by sadness and sin and even death. Even as Christians, we find ourselves just as vulnerable to the things of this world as anyone else. And when we do find ourselves battling our own sinful flesh, doing things that we know are not good for us or good for other people, or when we're subject to the tragic events of this world and and shocking moments in our lives, or when we're under the assault of Satan and all of his forces, or when our health fails us, or when we ourselves come face to face with death and the precious loss of life, then we too might wonder, how could any of this be necessary? How could any of this be part of God's plan? I remember very clearly it was three years ago as I was trying to write my Easter sermon for the following Sunday. I couldn't help but stop. I couldn't help but not stop watching as the fire crews were were battling to save the Notre Dame Cathedral, especially as that iconic spire burned and finally collapsed straight into the middle of the church. Once they had the fire contained, however, the first few people were allowed back inside the building And there was this picture that had made its way around the internet and the news outlets. And and it had to have been one of the first ones, if not the first one, taken from inside to share with an anxious world waiting to see the damage that had been done. The picture is dark and pixelated, but it doesn't matter. It is still so captivating. It immediately demands your attention. In the foreground is a construction light set up in front of the pews there. And it's pointed toward the chancel area and the altar. And it's lighting up the smoldering remains of all the destruction that the fire had caused. And laying there before the altar is a huge pile of rubble and stone and twisted steel and burnt wood. And the normally dynamic statues and stone walls that surround the altar are dark and soot-stained and blurred by smoke. 
But as you look closely through the haze, you can make out the Pieta stone statue of Mary holding the lifeless body of her son, the crucified Jesus Christ. This is a picture of it before the fire so that you can see it better. And so that statue is at the foot of what makes this picture on the right so captivating because through all the destruction and through all the darkness and smoke, it's the large golden cross that hangs over the altar that is shining so brightly as it catches the light of that single construction lamp. The cross in this picture is like a silent sentinel keeping watch over all the wreckage. No one believed that something like this could possibly happen in France, and yet, above all the ashes stands the cross as a testament to God's necessary plan in this world, as well as his undeniable love for this world. On Good Friday, I think about the cross of Christ on the hill of Calvary much in the same way. The wreckage of all the world's sin. And shame, its utter depravity and reckless rebellion, it all came crashing down in the fires of hell and lay smoldering before the altar of Jesus' body on the cross. Satan on Friday must have been reveling in the seeming victory that he had just won. The literal and spiritual darkness of that day overwhelmed everybody, unlike anything that the world had ever seen before. And yet, To know that somehow all of this was necessary was beyond our human comprehension. But as Jesus' lifeless body was taken down from the cross and lay breathless in the tomb, there remained the cross. Perhaps catching the first rays of light as Friday's darkness was finally passing. And like a silent sentinel, Keeping watch, the cross was a testament to God's necessary plan for this world, as well as his undeniable love for us. The cross was indeed necessary because we, as the sinful and fallen creatures that we are, we needed a savior. We needed one who could make atonement for all of our sin, who could forgive all of our sin, who could restore us from all of our sin. And Jesus knew that he had come to do just that. And so out of his great love, the father sent his son to do what we could not do, but what Jesus Christ could do for us. Jesus saved us by sacrificing himself. Today, the Notre Dame Cathedral is already under reconstruction, and it's covered in scaffolding. You can see it there, and and the cranes working around it. The, The work was delayed a little bit with the pandemic, but it's ongoing now. They're still not exactly sure when it's all going to be finished. It could still be 10 years or more. Their goal, actually, is to have at least a worship service in the cathedral by the time the Summer Olympics come to Paris in 2024. The amount of work needed still, though, is tremendous, and everyone knows it will take a long, long time. But when Jesus died and was buried, the rebuilding process only took three days. And on that third day, the temple of Christ's body was raised 
by the power of God, resurrected to everlasting life, never to die again. Easter is the exclamation point in God's necessary plan to show us that, yes, it was necessary for Christ to be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. It was necessary that sin and death and the devil had their best shot to do their worst against Jesus. It was necessary. It was necessary so that Jesus Christ could reverse it all. And that's what he did when he rose again on the third day to show us that he alone has power over everything in this world and in the next. And thanks be to God, we no longer seek the living one among the dead. He is not there. He has risen just as he said. Now, There will still be times in our lives and seasons when it seems as if the wreckage just keeps piling up. There will be days when we feel trapped in our sin or when we feel the weight of the world bearing down on us. But you see, today, Easter Sunday, it reminds us that even in the worst of times, God always directs our eyes back to the empty cross and the empty tomb. And we remember also Jesus' words, just as the women did. We remember what Jesus has said to us, what Jesus has promised to us, how it was necessary for him to die for all of our sin. But it was just as necessary for him to rise again for our everlasting life. And because of that, Jesus Christ serves as a testament to God's necessary plan for us, as well as his undeniable love for you and for me. Even when you struggle and fall, even when you sin and fail, even when you die, as one day we all will, you know for certain That your life, your eternal life, is secure in Jesus Christ. And what's more, Jesus has promised to come again. And when he does return, he will raise all all of us up from the dead, never to die again, just as he was raised. And we will watch on that day together as Jesus recreates the new heavens and the new earth, as we heard from the prophet Isaiah today, we will live with Jesus in this perfect creation with him for all eternity. And although we know all this right now by faith, on that day, we will see with our own eyes the full extent of the victory of Jesus Christ that he won on Easter morning. The day our perishable body will put on the imperishable. The day when our mortal bodies will put on the immortal. And when this happens, as scripture says, then shall come come to pass the saying that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus is the proof of God's undeniable and irrefutable love for you. And because Jesus lives, you will live also. And this is his undeniable 
and necessary plan for you. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In Jesus' name. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in our risen Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.